It is the beginning of a new era here in Carolina. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you say error or era? I uh, either one. Okay, either one works. The uh, the Carolina Panthers kicked off the NFL season today as the Las Vegas Raiders come into town and steal uh, a victory that we really didn't deserve, though. Uh, 34-30, Teddy Bridgewater, the new savior, threw for 270 yards on 22 for 24, uh, 22 for 34 completion rate, one touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, the $64 million man, 23 carries for 96 yards, except when it counted, his team had no faith in him. Out of over time. It's over there, time. There's a lot to talk about here, so I have my thoughts, of course, but I'm going to let y'all sort it out first. Uh, I know the angriest black man in Charlotte has a lot to say. What y'all think? Um, um, I'll go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you cook in a second, but I just want to yeah, go ahead, man. man. That, that, that defense is it's 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 not good. <laughs> it's not good at you, all. You think so? Uh, to to, to uh, Whitehead, man, like. We had we had a stop. He tackles the guy, didn't even turn his head to try to make a play. And it's it's yeah, that was a pivotal play. Pivotal penalty, man. And we, and, and, we and stopped him there, we maybe win. Yeah. And it's 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 this year's gonna be a whole bunch of growing pains. Just 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 get used to this feeling today. Like this was a game that we needed to win and that we should have won. So, today's game went exactly like I thought it would go. I don't know if you guys. What you mad for? I'm sorry. What you mad for? Man, listen. <laughs> let me tell you why I'm mad, son. Let me tell you why I'm mad. Because I, I, I predicted that we would see a lot of high-scoring games. I, I said that the Panthers were going to be an arena league football team. And that's exactly what the hell they look like today. And a non-tackling, non-defensive, uh, uh, head-up-their-ass Arena League team. That's exactly what the Panthers look like today. Um, before I get to the meat of why we lost, uh, before I get to the obvious reasons why we lost, I, I just want to say I would I never thought in my wildest imagination that I'd be sitting here uh, uh, pointing to our linebacking core as one of the weakest links on this football team. The linebacking core outside of Shaq Thompson, who only had a decent game, I don't even think he had a great game, was pretty was – pr- but the linebacking core as a whole was pretty horrible. To, to hear Tamir Whitehead, whatever his name is, I, that penalty in the fourth quarter, you got to be better than that, man. Yeah. For, a, for a veteran linebacker to not recognize his secondary help, for him to, like, face guard the wide receiver in that situation – it's unacceptable, man. It, and, and and it's frustrating to watch that kind of stuff on top of the missed tackles, on top of the obvious bad play call that pretty much did us in the fourth quarter, which I will have more about in a minute. Don't want to get to that just yet. But I, I, I'll, I'll say this, man. Offensively, I like the way we protected Bridgewater overall. I thought that was a pleasant surprise. I thought Bridgewater moved around in the pocket. 
uh, very well. He threw the ball accurately for the most part. He had some overthrows that our fans are going to overlook because, you know, he doesn't wear fancy hats and stuff, but whatever. Um, so going for him, man, I'm not too worried about us offensively, man, but defensively was just – it was frustrating, to say the least. Pretty much. Uh, so it's important to note that there was no preseason or uh, you know limited OTAs, limited training camp. So you have to take this game with a grain of salt. It's really it's really hard because this is a game you should have won. But this was essentially the Panthers' first preseason game. In in situations like this, historically the offenses have always had an advantage. I mean, if you yeah. look at the scores from week one. Uh, this is not 34 30 is not an uncommon result looking at all the scores uh, across week one. Um, so I kind of actually expected both teams offenses to do well because both teams run the ball really well. And I thought who's running game. Do you trust more us? We got the yeah. best running back in the league or the Raiders, which have a great, they have a great running game. And, and I figured that's what would happen because, Players are not conditioned that well. They didn't get a full preseason. So teams are going to be looking to run, 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 tire out those defenses, and then use the run game to open up the pass. So that it really honestly didn't surprise me that our defense was that bad, uh, considering I just figured the Raiders' offense would be that good. So that doesn't concern me all that much, considering first game of the season. And I really think, and once our defensive line gels, that some of those issues would be sure. We only heard Derrick Brown's name once. One time. Or twice. Yeah, right. It's his debut game. But I think once he picks up speed and starts to, to learn stuff, uh, I think we're going to see uh, a better front four. We didn't hear Brian Burns. Where the hell was he? The Panthers didn't even have a sack today, I don't think. Uh, you know, No, they number, didn't. Number two in the league in sacks last year. Zero sacks today. I think those issues will be shored up, and we'll see uh, a better performance from our defense moving on. The, the secondary is always going to be a weakness, especially if Dante Jackson ends up being out for any extended amount of time. Uh, so it's just Next that. Be doozy, man. So I'm I'm, I'm going to put this this game on the coaching. I'm going to put it on on Matt Rule, and uh, we might as well dive right into this. Let's talk about the fourth quarter. I actually. I had my speech ready. I was ready to congratulate Matt Rule on his first NFL <laughs> victory, and I was ready to congratulate uh, I, I knew better. <laughs> on doing something that NFL coaches must do to win, and that is make the adjustments. adjustments. And I felt like the, the Panthers looked like they had made a good offensive adjustment, and they were going to score, and then we were all going to be all happy uh, about this meaningless victory. But – he did like all college to NFL coaches. He got cute. He got cute. And it, it costs us. So, your thoughts on how the coaching staff did this game, particularly that last series? It's, it's always like this franchise has a history of like end of game, like letdowns. It's, it's like in our DNA. We gotta f- try to find a way to extract this. With 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 Ron Rivera, it was clock man, time management, and I I don't know, man. Like, how don't you give CMC the ball at that point? I I, I he like in the second half he was cooking. He 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 was he was he was cooking. He was everything was starting to gel, and it's just like 
Alex Armour, I, I understand getting the fullback the ball, but you got to give your star the ball. He he is the face of the franchise at this point. You have to feed him the ball and trust him enough to get the first down. Um, let me say this, man. I, look, I, I, I'm angry and I'm mad today, and I don't want to be objective, but I will be objective today. I, I will I will kind of grade Matt Rule on some sort of curve today, for the reasons that you mentioned, Kaiser. No, no real pre, no preseason games. You got all this crap going on, you know, the shortened practices, all this other, all this stuff going on. So, so I will try to be fair today about Matt Rule, even though I don't really want to. All right, never fair. Right, but I, I, I will say this defensively, I did see the Panthers kind of start bringing some more, some delayed blitzes and some more blitzes in the second half. So the attempt, at least was there, you know what I mean? I, I can't say that he didn't attempt to make any adjustments. Um, as far as the, the, the fourth down call in the, in, the, in the, you know, the last play of the game, I, I just want to know what the thinking was. You know okay. what I mean? I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, our friend Vashti from Kid Carolina Blitz, uh, she said, Coach Rule said on the fourth down play at the end of the game, uh, they ran the same play that got them the first down uh, early in the game, and they felt like Armour would be able to pick it up. So that uh, means what's your reaction to that? That means nothing to me. Nothing, that means nothing. that means absolutely nothing to me. Nothing. In, in, um, fact, in fact, that's gotta be one of he you you can't say things like that. You better lie because right. you're, you're telling me you're right. run. the same play. The same play. Get out of here. That's that's not no man. That you better you better think up some story like hey i would have said well we thought about running the same play or we thought about running mccaffrey again but we figured they would key in on that so we decided to say say something so say something else, else man like, well, we ran the same play earlier <laughs> to me that shows that your situational awareness of the game is poor you cannot run the same play you ran uh in the the third quarter when the game was not on the line. You, you look, listen, man. Matt Rule could get away with doing that at Baylor. You can't get away with doing that at, at, with, yeah. in the big boy leagues, man. Like th these these defenses look at that formation and they knew what was coming the they entire time, man. Knew. They knew yeah. Armour was going to get that ball. Absolutely. They knew it. You know what I mean? So you, like like Kaza said, you, listen. Matt Rule is lucky that this is not year three. And, and the Panthers are missing the playoffs again. He's lucky that's not the situation because if, if I'm temper in that situation, we got to have a little meeting after you yeah. say something like that, man. Like, like it's, it's it's unacceptable, man. You know, I, I, I want to I want to give Matt Rule the benefit of the doubt as a rookie NFL head coach, but that situation is one that every sports fan, every football fan, see we see it every week, and we saw it multiple times at the Carolina Panthers last season. And Ron Rivera came under heavy criticism for not running Cam Newton in those situations. One yeah, right. that was that would be a situation in which we would normally run Cam Newton. So it, so guys, so gentlemen, I got a question for you. This is our first like first viewing of Teddy Bridgewater today in the Panther uniform. What did you guys think of Teddy? Um, I thought he 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 is what he has been. I mean, he 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 did exactly what I expected him to do. Um, nothing too flashy, nothing that's going to knock your socks off, but obviously serviceable. Obviously, uh, somebody you can you can win with. I mean, you know, if, if we're if we're like grading of some sort, I give him a solid B. I mean, you yeah, know, he's a, he, I mean, he's a 
he's a, he's a solid guy, man. Starting quarterback. I, right. I didn't see really any negatives about his performance today, mm-hmm. except one. Chris McCaffrey only had three receptions on four targets. Chris McCaffrey needs more than four targets a game, I think. And uh, he overthrew McCaffrey on like a three-yard. Yeah, he did. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hey, can, can I be Captain Obvious for a second? Um, guys, the Panthers generally score more touchdowns when Christian McCaffrey touches the ball more. Yeah, I don't know if anybody noticed that or not, yeah, but I, the, the last maybe that's another thing. I know that Matt Rule and Joe Brady probably looked at the Panthers last year, and like a lot of people felt like that we overused McCaffrey. Mm. To that, I say, forget that. We pay that man $64 million a year. He's our best player, clearly. Give him the ball. He is clearly – the difference in the Panthers in the first half and the second half was Kirsten McCaffrey. Most McCaffrey getting yeah. the ball, <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's, that's literally it. We almost won the game. He almost brought us back into the game. I hope Matt Rule learns from that mistake. This is the NFL. This is not college. You do not have to uh, baby Kristen McCaffrey. Uh, but I felt like, yeah, Bridgewater, I, I will say this. He didn't do anything that number one couldn't have done. <laughs> now do we're here. Anything We've that arrived. number one couldn't have done. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Say what you want about that. Guys, here's something. Here's a player that I want to talk about because – you know, speaking of stupid penalties and not really having your head in the game, I really want to know what was up with DJ Moore today. Um, I lost count how many drops he had today. I want to say maybe three or four. Um, there was a there was a really dumb penalty in the end zone in the what the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it's game one, fellas. I don't want to overreact, but we're looking at DJ Moore as the the undisputed number one on this team. Well, maybe it's arguably because of what Robbie Anderson did today, but DJ Moore, one hundred fifteen yards from Robbie Anderson, which we're which we're going to get to in a second. But we, regardless of what you want to argue about as far as number one, number two, we expect a lot more from DJ Moore. No, no pun intended. So I just want to know, man, what do you guys think? What, what's up with DJ Moore, man? Is it just lack of chemistry or bad game? Are we overreacting? What's up? Um, frustration, man. I mean, it's. It's a new atmosphere. It's different. There's no fans in the stadium. Uh, you didn't know where you're gonna play six months ago or whatnot. Uh, he has to build that in-game chemistry with with uh, with with Teddy. Uh, it will come, but he just has to remain consistent and and and, and level-headed. You, you you can't afford to lose your your your, your cool like that. We're not a good team. We were we, we should be picking up mindless penalties like that. All right. Coaching. Ooh. You gotta get, you gotta dig in that guy after he makes a play like that. You got to. Now they didn't show us on the sidelines what Matt Rule said to him, or if if anything was said to him. But if I'm the coach, I'm be like, dude, what are you doing? DJ Moore's not a rookie anymore. This is his third season. We, yeah. We we let him when he had those mistakes as a rookie, the fumbles and that stuff. We said, okay, he's a rookie. Then last season there was a little bit of improvement, but we said, okay, he's you know, new quarterback, Kyle Allen. Uh, now, what's your excuse now? Oh, new coaching staff. You know, I, you gotta, he's got to do his job as a professional in the NFL, and Matt Rule has to do his job as a coach in the NFL. 
And uh, if they can't meet in the middle, then Robbie Anderson will be there to take your place. Robbie Anderson yeah. had a hell of a game. He was getting open. He was doing something we hadn't seen Panthers wideouts doing in a while, and that was get separation. Right. Um, especially on that big 75-yard yeah. touchdown. Uh, I'm – I know it's just one game, but I like what I saw from Robbie Anderson. But, and, 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 and it's important to give some background on Robbie Anderson as well, man. You got to understand, man, this is Robbie Anderson who was coming from a moribund franchise in the New York Jets who a good God, we don't have to talk about their incompetence. <laughs> but I, I, I say that to say, you know, you, this is a guy who was really hungry to showcase his talents on a better team, man. This is a guy who has a lot of confidence in his abilities. This is a lot. This is a guy who who was almost campaigning for himself to make the Pro Bowl last year because he, you know, it, it rubbed people the wrong way. But he knew how good he was. You know what I mean? So Robbie Anderson's got a lot to prove, man. And 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 I, and I think with him being in this situation with Teddy Bridgewater, who is a good quarterback, um, who you know we do have a, a, a good offense around him, man. You know, I think we're going to see some really good things yeah, for Robbie yeah. Anderson. Oh, I, mean, imagine, I really do, man. Imagine when Trevor Lawrence is thrown to him next. <laughs> so, so now we're here. <laughs> All right, and, and, and another another thing I want to throw out here, guys. What do you? I, I noticed in, in you know mainly the first half, man. Um, looks like we were actually trying to get uh, Curtis Samuel uh, involved in the offense a lot, man. Um, I don't kind of just disappear in the second half. I, I'm I'm one of those people that believe Separation. that it is up to the players to get themselves involved in the offense, unless the defense. So the thing, the, the defense is keying in on Christian McCaffrey. So yep. in in situations like that, it's up to the coaches to get those players involved in offense. Hey, we got to – they're keying in on McCaffrey. Let's find a way to get him involved. They don't want to keying in on Curtis Samuel. He wide <laughs> open most of the game. It is up to him to get himself in the offense. And the reports that we heard from our services coming from training camp and OTAs is that he didn't look so good. Man, Kaiser speaking to that, early in the game, like I – you know, I thought to myself like, Robbie Anderson being here should take a lot of pressure mm-hmm. off Curtis Samuel because now you can stick Curtis Samuel in the slot, which he should be able to eat. Like, he should be killing cats in the slot. You know what I mean? With his speed and, and with his experience on the outside, conventional thinking would say, okay, you put him in the slot, man, and he could be really successful. And three for 38 today, which is not even pedestrian. So – Again, man, week one, but I, I, well, I still want to see more. There were, there were eight targets to Curtis Samuel today, uh, and he did have uh, a catch for 19 yards. Uh, you know, we know Samuel's ability, and I will say this. I, I feel like when North Turner was here, he realized that Samuel could be using like a dual role. Yeah, I'd like to see Joe Brady embrace that. Um, remember when the, the Panthers led the league in wide receiver reverses, and it wasn't by a little bit either. They right, were right, right. scoring off of them, and then they just, uh, you know, kind of went away with that. And I don't think we're going to see that anymore. I'd like to see it, and that's another. That's going to be the next thing I, I brought up is barring the last play. How do we feel about Joe Brady's performance as offensive coordinator? I feel like he didn't really open. He didn't show us a lot. He didn't no. open up the play. I don't think so. Right uh, enough, and I feel like 
with no preseason, you really can't do that. You got to come out and be trying to win these games because these are the games you need to be trying to steal because there was no preseason. These first four weeks of the regular season is essentially the preseason. Right. Um, and, and this is funny you say that, man, because, you know, like, like I said earlier in the show, man, it's, it's hard to be for me to be objective only because of the way we lost. And I feel like it's Groundhog's Day. Because we, how, how many times have we lost like this in the last two years? You know what I mean? So that part just kind of pisses me off, man. But if we're being fair, man, to Kaz's points, this is a coaching staff that's kind of learning on the fly. You get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So who's, who's to say that this, that this uh, offense is not going to evolve into something even better as the season goes along? Especially once they get that chemistry and they start clicking. Right. Uh, people need to kind of fall into their role and, 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 and kind of get used to that pecking order. We have to solve that tight end situation. I, I'm not confident in, in what we have in that room right now. We, we, we got to find a solution for Three that. Three catches from tight ends today uh, for 20 yards. That, that's not going to cut it, man. No. Not cut it at and, and listen, and but how spoiled have we been over the last decade having one of the best Hall of Fame tight end who uh, catches everything? You know what I mean? Really think Ian Thomas can be that dude, though. I, I, man, it's 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 been three years, man. I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know if he'll be as good as Greg. Greg no, he's not gonna be Greg Olson. No, he's not gonna be Greg, Greg Olson. Olson's but. career is always gonna be underrated because he's a Panther. He's been a Dallas Cowboy. Oh my God, you know they'd be talking about first ballot, but um, I'm not saying Ian Thomas can be Greg Olson, but I think he can be a serviceable starting tight end in the NFL. Um, I don't know why we haven't seen it yet, though. Well, here, here's the thing, man. I, you know, I think Ian, Ian, Ian Thomas is, is, is a bit polarizing because, like, you know, in previous seasons, we've heard even from culture staff and even from players how much they believed in Ian Thomas's talent. You know what I mean? And you know he he, he struggled with 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 right. blocking and 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 small details in his first two years. So like Rodney said, it's year three. So this is the you know if you're going to make a jump, so to speak, if you if you're going to make that impression, this is the year to do it. So again, week one, you know I'll give him the benefit of doubt. He's learning along with his coaching staff, but we got to see some marked improvement this year, man. Yeah, guys, I got a question for you: Is Ian Thomas Malik Monk? <laughs> that is a wow. That's actually a really good. Yeah, I, I I think the difference though is that Monk's issues are more, I think, up here. Mental. Yes. Yeah. And and now that we know that he had some kind of drug issue, the details of which we're still unclear on, I think that had a lot to do with uh, Monk's career so far. Whereas Ian Thomas, I, I think it it could be a dry thing. Um. I, and, I, and, and, and and he recently just learned how to play football too. Like he hasn't been playing as long as the, the actual traditional player. So that that it, it could just be catching, getting up to speed with everything as well. Right, right. And again, going back to what I said, man, along with this coaching staff, you know, how do they handle that? Because eventually, we are going to have to see more out of our tight ends as far as, you know, getting open and blocking. Which, by the way, I, I thought the offensive line, I we, we have to say, I thought they were pretty good today, man. I thought they did a decent job. They, 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 they did, um, man. They did a, I noticed that early in the game, they did a pretty good job 
pass protection. And that's why I, I was kind of tough on Bridgewater in our texts back and forth because he had a lot of time to throw. Yeah. And he was missing some throws that uh, our previous quarterback would have gotten, you know. Roasted, yeah, oh, raked over the coals for, right. So, uh, but I felt like, the, yeah, the offensive line didn't do too poorly. In fact, the Raiders only had two tackles for loss and a sack today. Uh, now, the Panthers only had one tackle for loss and no sacks. Uh, it's going to be a long it's season. It's going to be a long <laughs> year, man. It's going to be a long year. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence to come. Guys, I got a, I got a question, man. Um, and it, it is it is probably harder than you think. With with how the defense played today, what's the most concerning part of the defense for you? Is it the secondary? Is it the linebackers? Or is it the D line? Which which one is the biggest problem? Okay, I'm gonna say linebackers, and the reason why is because we knew the secondary was gonna be trash. We all knew mm-hmm. that. Nobody was expecting anything else from the Panthers. The front four, I think, will get there. Uh, offensive and defensive lines always take time to gel. They've got to get those pa- – they've got to learn, hey, Derek Brown, who was the one that had the Panthers only tackle for loss this afternoon, go figure. Once we figure, okay, he's going to eat up space in the middle. Once him and Short get that chemistry, that's going to open up the edges for Brian Burns to come off. So I'm going to say the linebackers. Because we talked about this the week before last. Shaq Thompson has got to do better. He's got to lead the linebacker. He's got to lead the whole defense. Now, he had 12 total tackles today, five solo, uh, which is okay. Those aren't Luke Keekley numbers. But here's what I noticed. Early in the game, the uh, uh, Derek Carr audibled when when he saw the, the formation the Panthers were in. He audibled. And everybody on the Panthers defense looked at Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson just looked back at them. I don't know. What am I? I don't know. And the Raiders ended up uh, doing like a little screenplay for a first down or something like that. That's what we're missing. I'm not saying that he needs to be like Luke Keekley and have like this telepathic sense of doing what the offensive doing is doing. But when your teammates look to you for guidance, you got to got to make decisions. Directly, you got to say no, no. We're going to stay in this formation, or hey, you guys slot. You got to do something. Yeah, and I think that that permeates through the rest of the defense. That's why we saw uh, that terrible penalty uh, late in the fourth quarter. That you know that really kind of all essentially lost us the game. Uh, we need bet. We need better from our linebacker core, particularly Shaq Thompson. I, I, I also, I'm sorry, Rodney. Go ahead. I think you had something to say. Man, I'm, I'm going to say, I want to say the D line, man. Um, we've got a long way to go. Uh, Brian Burns, he was, he disappeared. I'm, I'm just kind of disappointed he didn't get any pressures. Uh, KK, didn't hear anything from him. Uh, I, I didn't hear his name all day. I didn't hear Kawan Short's name all day, man. He, he's supposed to be the veteran leader of of that unit. Uh, I, I just don't know, man. It's I, I'm not confident in our backups. It's, it's if, if if we can't get any pressure to help out the secondary, it's 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 going to be a nasty season. Especially especially we got to face Tom Brady next week. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. We got to face Tom Brady next week. Yeah, I'm skipping next week. I'm just yeah, <laughs> we got to face <laughs> Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, and and and, 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 and then we got to face those bums in Atlanta. And Matt Ryan threw for 450 yards today. Think about that. 
Mm. I know, you know he's probably like, man, we lost today, but you know we play Carolina in a few weeks. So I might like, That's that bounce back. That's that bounce back. <laughs> it's a bounce back game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's, 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 it's we have a, it's, it's a lot to be desired, but one player that 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 caught my eye was was Chin. Chin was everywhere on yeah. that field. He, he led the team in solo tackles today. Man, he, he, he's going to be a good one. He's going to be a good one. And, and, and speak, speaking to Jeremy Chin, man, like um, you know, all the all the insiders at training camp has been has been uh, singing his praises, man. And so to see that come to fruition today was a was a really good sign. He was a bright spot today. I, I, and what's funny about Jeremy Chin, he's a player. He's kind of like a hybrid corner safety type of guy. So you can stick him kind of anywhere on the field. That's a that's a good weapon for us to have, man. And I'm 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 anxious to see you know how he's gonna how he's gonna play, man. You know going forward, man. I, I think he's gonna be a Troy Polamalu type of guy. I really do, man. Yeah, it's gonna take some time. The coaching staff. I'm hoping that Matt Rule is different from Rivera in in this way. I hope that he's willing. To let them play, make, cha- make or make changes. I saw, like yeah. instance, I saw a lot of nickel three three five today, and I'm yeah. like, well, why would you? Why would you run that? You know, considering they're running the ball down our throats. Uh, as one of our fans pointed out, Jonah Jacobs ran for three rushing touchdowns today. You don't come out in a nickel three three five in those situations. And I think I hope Matt Rule can look at the film and say, okay, you know. what? Maybe this wasn't a good idea in this situation. Maybe, hey, maybe we got to play to Jeremy Chin's strength and let him be the cover out weak or weak linebacker hybrid instead of Shaq Thompson, who, uh, you know, solid questionable coverage skills today. You know, I, I, I'm I, I'm trying to have faith in Matt Rule because he, he's a rookie. I just hope that he looks at at the co- the college coaches that came before him in the NFL. And see what didn't work for those guys. Don't right. be Pete, don't be Pete Carroll and throw a one yard slant route with the game <laughs> on the line when you got Marshawn Lynch, uh, Christian McCaffrey sitting right there. So, <laughs> right. Sixty four million dollars, and you're not gonna let that man get an inch. I, I look. I really wish I would have researched how many carries Alex Arma. Had before today, and I mean total. I don't mean just uh, eight, maybe eight, right? In his career, Let, let's let's be clear about that. I, look it up. I would have rather I would have rather them seen little Teddy Bridgewater take the snap and fall forward, or, or something, a QB sneak, or something like that, than uh, a fullback dive that you ran before. And and here's the, the, the thing. When they ran that fullback dive before, he almost didn't get it then. He almost didn't get it then. He barely got it the first time. <laughs> so, and, and, yet, you're, and yet you're an oppressor telling everyone how you just ran. Let me stop, man. Go ahead, Rodney. So, so for his career, he only had 15 carries. 15 carries his entire career. For, for 20 oh. <laughs> Not even team has carries. So, guys, you know I have to say this, right? You, you, you do know what's coming, right? You do know who would have gotten that first down, right? Oh, oh, uh, they mean the guy that broke the NFL record for most total rushing touchdowns. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> he said, you know, he was. We don't know if he's healthy or not, so we don't know if we're gonna play that guy. I, I it doesn't the, look. The guy who threw for seventy-eight percent completion percentage today. The, I don't. I don't. 
I don't think Bill Belichick and the Patriots are too concerned about Cam's health today. Do you? No. But, but no. Is he right now concerned about his body today? Really? No, no, no. I, you know, so I only watched bits and pieces of that game and, of course, the highlights. Did he not look like he did? He, he looked the really Cam good. old. He looked look fine to me. Did he not look perfectly healthy? I hey, Kaiser. I, I look, I have a bit of a nugget. Not only did Cam look healthy, you know what else he looked happy. Happy. Oh, yeah. I, I, when, when, Cam, when Cam Newton is smiling, <laughs> okay, he's a dangerous guy, man. He got a chip on his shoulder, he's happy. He's, I'm, it's funny, I was watching the CBS pregame, and they all gave their Super Bowl picks. Yeah. And of course, nobody picked the Patriots coming out of AFC. It was all Baltimore. It was all Baltimore, Kansas City, Kansas City yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh. And I thought, Pittsburgh. y'all y'all sleeping. Because the Patriots play in a historically easy division. Uh, the Bills are good this year, and that's really going to be there. But they'll probably put two teams in the playoffs. The Patriots will probably be one of them. Yep. If the Patriots mess around and get home field, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Cam just looked – I, I know it's the first game of the season, and it's the Dolphins. But like you said, Bill Belichick didn't seem too concerned about running Cam on bootlegs or any of that stuff. Just – it was like he said, Cam, do what you do, Just be you. Us. Right. Right. All, them, right. all them times we played you, do that. And it's, it's, it. it's amazing watching a coaching staff that, that's able to adjust to their talent. And I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> Go ahead. We might as well go two for two. (laughs) Former Panther, legendary Panthers. How do you take Dwayne Haskins and come back from 14 down? Your your football team don't even have a name. (laughs) 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 Come back two touchdowns and win by 10 points. Uh, Congrats. Congrats. Hey, shout out to Ron Rivera, man. Shout out to Greg Olson for uh, beating those. Buzzards down in uh, Atlanta, <laughs> and then also hey, hey, wait. Did, did every former Panther win the damn game today? Is that, is that oh, a thing? Hold on, I got one more. <laughs> I got one more for you. Tom McDermott won today too. Oh my god, yeah. man! His Carolina Bills won. <laughs> We're cursed. Hey, listen. Rodney, I was going to speak to your point real quickly, man. There was a tweet that, was, and I forget the young man who tweeted this, but he said. And his exact quote was, "What dumbass let Bill Belichick get Cam Newton?" I just like, you know what? I yes. <laughs> what do you say to that, man? Funny because the man who put ketchup who put who puts ketchup on the steak. Like Remember when, when Cam was officially released? What did we all say? We, Don't let Bill Belichick get Cam yeah, Newton. We, yep. we all knew where Cam Newton was going. And then they tried to, you know, the Patriots, I don't know, we're just evaluating everybody. Hell no, they look, look, they were like, <laughs> Jared Stidham show. Yeah. And then, well, Cam um, Newton's been announced the official starter in New England. Like, no, like, like no, no shit, Sherlock, really. Like, it's really? some big quarterback competition. Come on. Now. Right, man. Right, man. Uh, I, I, I got, look, gonna, so, go, so going forward, so going forward, um, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week, guys. <laughs> what are what are what are what are our expectations? Yeah, we'll, we'll do predictions. We'll even we'll go up some predictions too, man. Rodney, what you got, man? Next week, uh, another high scoring affair. Uh, yeah, I agree. We're if, if if we can't get pressure on Tom Brady, it's 
it's going to be like a 56-36 type game. Like, I, I, I just, man, it's – look, look. To, to one of you guys' point, we're an arena team this year. Right. We're, we're going to score 30, 30, 35 to 40 points a game, and, and we're going to lose in exciting fashion. Uh, Rule's going to get out-coached. That's actually going to be the difference. I don't think he necessarily got out-coached today. John Gruden has been okay since he's come back. But Bruce yeah, I, I, right. I agree. He's a really, really good coach. And yeah. I think that he's going to look and take one of our many <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Okay, that's the one we're gonna attack. And if Dante Jackson isn't playing next week, it's it's gonna be a, a massacre. Uh, either that, or they're gonna look at our weekend linebacker core and put Gronk right in the middle of the field. It's just gonna be. It's so many ways Tampa Bay can. We're not even talking about what their defense is gonna do to our it's offense. Awful. I it's. It's I don't know. I, yeah, and, and actually, Rodney, man, you know, I, I, you know, I say over and over, and we, we all kind of stay over and over how high scoring these games are going to be. I, I don't know about next week, bro, because um, you know, Tampa Bay's got a pretty stout D line, man, and I don't know if I can expect this O line to kind of perform the same way they did this week. You know what I mean? So yeah, we, we, we're uh, quite acquainted with uh, Shaquille Barrett. <laughs> right, 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 right. Who's who is healthy this year? So sc- scary thought that is, man. So with that being said, man, if I had to make a prediction, dude, I, I'm going. I'm probably in nice about this. I go Tampa Bay, 35, us uh, 17, man. I, honestly, no, so, yeah, I think I think we'll get some garbage time. Sorry about that. Some garbage time points, and uh, I just don't see how we come away. I don't even win or or even being competitive. I just I just don't see it next week. Oh, man. Well, not at this all. Is, well, this has been a pretty uh, depressing segment, guys. Uh, <laughs> Dude, is or, there anything? Uh, so so here's I, I I'm thinking back to Ron Rivera's first game against Arizona Cardinals. Cam Newton's oh. first game after a lockout. Very similar situation. Yep. Uh, although there was a preseason that year, uh, it was a very short preseason, short in training camp, short in OTAs. Because and of the lockout. Lockout year. The lockout. So a similar situation. And even though we lost that game, I can't remember before or since being that excited about the team after a loss. Cam Newton comes out, throws 400 something yards, breaks a rookie record. It was a close game that came down to Patrick Peterson. Uh, kick return or punt return for a touchdown. I was excited, even though the Panthers, you know, we went six and 10 that year, but you could, you could tell. The, was, a change was coming. Change. The, the shift was coming. Right. right. Absolutely. We've got none of that. I don't feel any warm and fuzzies for the Panthers. And to Pam um, point, 30 on our opening day is impressive, but historically offenses have done well in these situations because especially offensive with a good running back because they're able to, we're able to wear the defense down eventually. And once we figured out, Hey, let's give the ball to McCaffrey. We're able to score points. Um, I, I just don't feel like uh, there are a lot of positives to take away from this game, but I just, I don't, I just don't feel it like I did with, with the Cam Newton era. Well, uh, well, well, let me speak to that real quick, man. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. Um, the first reason and the obvious reason is, you got rid of a Jake DeLome to get a Cam Newton. That's number one. So that was excitement enough 
uh, you know, as 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 it was. And I think the second reason you just don't feel that much excited is because, you know, we're in a very unique situation with everything right now. And I just don't think the excitement for football, period, You're right, is, just, no. is just not the same as it was back then either. You know what I mean? Well, and not – go ahead. I was going to say, no. let's talk about the atmosphere of the game. Because, I, you know, I am – It's so weird, man. The, the crowd noise. Basketball. We'll get to that in a minute. But how much I'm not really a fan of, of the bubble playoffs so far. And watching an NFL game today, it was like, first of all, the fake crowd noise. It, awful. It, it, awful. It's terrible. It didn't matter. Awful. It, yeah, awful. It, it was like, like you, know, you know how when you play Madden? And you know, like your team gets an interception, and but then your home crowd boos, and you're like, "What? what you're That's, how it was. That's how it was today. Hey, is is Mick Mixon controlling the crowd noise? Who, who's whose job is that? Temper's job. Temper's announcer, like yo, Panthers first down. I'm like, who are you announcing to, bro? Look, look. That guy, he got he got bills to pay too, but it's like, like. Really? And, and tell, tell what's funny to me, like when 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 they were doing the national anthem, they're like the fighter jets are look up to the sky. The fighter jets are fly. Like who? <laughs> who? Who's, looking? Who's looking? How much did that cost? It's <laughs> waste of money. I'm wondering how much of an effect that has on the players. If there's no crowd, yeah. If the Panthers had had a true home game, I think they might have won. Think about that that fourth in interest play. Absolutely. 73,000 fans, mm-hmm. real fans screaming at you. That that affects your it does. Coaches want to say it doesn't, but it totally It, it does. It does. And, and look, it it, it 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 definitely affects the away team, man, because you got to get those snap counts perfect, man. Yeah. You yep. you got it. it it's a, it's a vast difference between you having to yell any play changes to your to your linemen to your receivers versus them hearing everything you say, man. So so you know there with, with no fans in the crowd, man. There's hardly any home field advantage for any team right now, and I think that showed itself today, honestly. You know, what, let's use that to transition to the NBA because one of the things that's bothering me about. Although I, the basketball has gotten much better, uh, the 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 game didn't started out with Hunter yeah. Boston was actually really good. Congratulations to Kimball Walker. We'll talk about him in a bit. But, but I'm wondering if these series would play out different if there was true home field advantage. I, I for one, I don't think Miami beats Milwaukee if they have to travel to Milwaukee and play. Who has a great Who has a great home court yeah, by the way? Who has some great fans? They win that series in. And this is kind of unfair to the higher seeded teams because that's what you fight for in the regular season, right? That's the whole reason why you play the regular season is to get your seeding so that you can get home court advantage. And now you don't have that anymore. And it's kind of evening these series uh, out. It, it really is. What are your guys' thoughts on bubble basketball in general in, in not having true home court advantage? I- <laughs> Like you said, the basketball has been getting better. I mean, that that Boston, uh, the Boston Toronto series, really great. Uh, I mean, I, me personally, I don't mind it, like because I, I I focus directly on the game, but I can see where it could be an issue to opposing players or or, or the players may need the home crowd to pump them up. I see where that can be an issue. 
but I mean, it's, 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 it's to me, the, the biggest thing is the actual bubble. Like we don't talk a lot about the mental health. Like you're in the bubble with no contact to the outside world for like two, three months. At I'm a sorry. Time. I, I can't, as a veteran, I can't give those guys any sympathy. I've been in a real bubble. A bubble yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, we understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the internet era, but no, I, th- I feel what you're you, you know, you're in the bubble with no booty, man. Come on, man. I, 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 I feel what you're saying. Plus, these guys are young millionaires. They're used to yeah, I mean, lifestyle. That lifestyle's gone. You got an entourage of women. Yeah, so. And you got to watch Pornhub now. I, I, actually, what's funny to me, though, is Russell Westbrick yelling at the fans. It's only like 10 fans at the game. What are you doing, bro? You what are you doing, family, Russ? Dude? You yelling at their family, bro. Yeah, why? Like, <laughs> So, as far as the bubble basketball, I mean, I agree with both of y'all. The basketball itself has gotten a, le- a lot better. Um, I-, I pointed out on my solo video last week, man, how, like, you know, Paul George came out with a statement a few weeks ago basically saying that, you know, he's been battling depression and some anxiety. You know, a lot of that has to do with this bubble. And a lot of times, man, we do forget that these players are human beings with human needs. You know what I'm saying? They're 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 struggling with coronavirus just like we are. You know, they're they're having to adjust just like everyone else is. You, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I and I think that more so has an effect than the actual play on court without the fans. Now, from a fan perspective, from 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 Jamal the fan, you know, I actually love all the fanfare. I love crowds. I love home court advantages. I love, you know, when, when, the, when the teams go on runs and, and, the, and, the, and the crowd gets really into it. I love all that stuff. It, it adds to the element of basketball. And I do think it does affect players. You know, you, you really get to see, um, you really get to see players characters, you know, when, when those crowds are mean and they're in their you. you know what I'm saying? So I do think it, I do think it has an effect. And I do agree with Kaiser, man. I think it, it kind of levels out the playing field. Mm-hmm. Now, but like, but at the same time, it is an unfair advantage to uh, a, a number one seed or a number two seed who fought to get that seed, and now you don't have that advantage. And I think we're seeing that now. To a lot of fans, that actually may be a good thing because NBA fans, how much have we cried over parity, you know, through through for the longest time? You know what I mean. So it, if it is creating parity. That in itself is a is a good thing. However, still may be unfair to the teams who fought to have the higher seeds. Agreed. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, bubble basketball, it, it's a change of scenery will do. It's like when people leave Charlotte professional sports teams, <laughs> they go on to achieve be successful experience new things. things. It's it's very, very uh troubling. Yeah, it's very, very Sad. troubling. Think about all the NBA, especially NBA players. I remember thinking Boris Diaw was a flop. He was a bust. He, he was. He was. Goes to he was. Antonio and has the series of his life in the NBA Finals and wins a chip. Same hey, guys. Tyson hey, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Next, next, uh, by the halfway point after All-Star break, now Charlotte Hornets is going to buy out Nick Batum. He's going to sign with the Golden State Warriors as a free agent. <laughs> yeah. He's going to hit the game winning shot in the finals. <laughs> yep. It, it's, it's going to happen. You know, it's it's like, man. 
Hey guys, let me let me tell. Hey fellas, let me tell something. Y'all know I love y'all, man. But if that happens, I quit. I, I'm not doing the podcast anymore. <laughs> if that happens, man, I quit, we, man. We know, we, yeah, we know what's gonna happen. So I, I mean, now to be fair, to be fair, as fair as you could possibly be to Charlotte. I mean, Boston is a team that had been in the ECF uh, two of the three previous three years. Very telling stat is that uh, the only time they didn't make it to the ECF was when. They had a healthy Kyrie Irving. Uh, now he leaves. Kimba takes his place, and they make it back to the ECF. That's uh, and let, let me let me speak to that really quickly, man, because I want to do some foreshadowing real quick. I want to do some looking ahead real quick. Let's go to next season when Kyrie comes back healthy and KD comes back healthy to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, who and who would not predict? the Nets and the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals next year. Think about how awesome that's going to be next that year, That would man. be a good nasty. nasty. Especially if we see a further ascension of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, I said this on, on the show a few weeks ago. When you face Boston, you've got to figure out how you're going to match 60 points. And that ended up being the reason why Toronto lost. Right. They came down to it. They just couldn't cut, I, I, you know, I've I've been a Kyle Lowry hater for a long time. But same, he, same. He had a pretty good series from man, a scoring he's, he's standpoint. A dog, man. He really tried. Him and Fred Van Fleet had great scoring performances, but when it counted, they fell short because they just couldn't match. Uh, you know, the the the, the talent. Uh, yeah, the talent. Yeah. So whereas next season, presumably, you have Kyrie Irving and and KD, who would be. Just the two of them alone will be able to match Boston's uh, sixty points from their three from three of their starters. So, and, and let me and let me let me tell you why that was even more important to get that from Tatum and Brown. Um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned how Charlotte athletes go somewhere and they get so much more attention and, and light because 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 damn Toronto. Nick Nurse said, you know what? That Kimber Walker guy sure is killing us. That, that dude sure is good. Let me run a boxing Box. one against a point guard, which effectively worked. Kimber Walker struggled the last two games. Yeah. So, so Tatum and Brown, with them having their 60 points, it was necessary. It had to happen. You know what I mean? So I, I'm happy to, I'm I'm happy for Kimber Walker, but I also just want to kind of give a shout at the people who are like, Oh man, you know, I, I, Kimber Walker, he, he's he's this and he's that. No, he's what he's always been. He yeah. just plays for a better team with a yeah. better system and now he's getting the attention he's probably should have deserved the whole Kimber's time, the, man. He's the ultimate teammate. He knows he can acquiesce to a guy like Jason Tatum who is an ascending superstar yeah. in the league. Which is why, which is why even with Kimber struggling, Brad Stevens was still trusting him enough to give him those yes, minutes down the stretch. Absolutely. Even though he struggled shooting the ball, Kimba Walker was still making positive plays the, for the Celtics. Yeah, Kimba made big plays. He got really robbed because uh, the game, game, five, game five, game five. five, five. five. Yeah, yeah. The Raptors hit really he got fouled. He got fouled. Kind of a fluky, you know, last second three to win the game. Kimba had made an incredible play uh, the, the last possession. And then he essentially did the same thing in game seven. With that Comes bounce down, pass, man. ISO drives, finds the open player under the basket. Uh, he missed the free throws, but Jason Tatum was able to get the rebound and hit the two free throws to ice the game. And then Kimball Walker 
makes two free throws to essentially win the game. Um, so, yeah, that, and to your point about the boxing one, it's so funny because when teams used to run that against the Hornets, fans would act like like James Borrego was, was the problem on of Satan because <laughs> right. they didn't figure out how to stop right. a boxing one. The only way to stop a boxing one somebody is to step up is to have other talented players who hit shots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's something that we don't have <laughs> in, in Charlotte. Um, so, yeah. Uh, um, I, hey. I, I, I want to ask you guys a real quick question. This is Hornets related, okay? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I had kind of half-joking talked about the Hornets using the abundance of cap space they will have next year to possibly see if there's in, if Giannis Atunamakupo would be interested in coming to Charlotte. And someone said, well, it would be the Kimba situation all over again. You have one star player and a bunch. So, so I thought Giannis, PJ, Miles, Rozier, and Graham versus Kimba, Batum, uh, Zeller. You can stop right there. You can stop. I mean, I mean, but, but, but I mean, but to even acquire Giannis, you would have to give up at least three of those pieces, three or four of those pieces. Here's why. But listen, here's why I don't think it would be the Kimba situation again. Even if you give up three pieces, okay. Now I I have to say this is not likely, and we're probably in fantasy land a little bit. But let's let's play. Let's play this game a bit. All right. Let's you know. Let's say the Hornets dangle a, a first round draft pick and and, and two or three. Of the, you have to keep Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham. I, I'll put that caveat out there. I keep one of those. Yeah. I don't think it's the Kim Walker situation just for that reason alone. You know what I mean? You, you got two guys who at least, you know, can hit big shots in crunch, in crunch time moments. You know what I'm saying? You, the focus, you, you can't, you can't run a box in one on Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> and, and ignore Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. You couldn't do that. So for that reason, I don't think it would be a Hornet situation. I, we, we damn sure make the playoffs. We're not a we're not an eighth, ninth seed with Giannis on this team. So no, I don't think it would be a Kimber Walker situation. So 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 we back up. So recently Giannis unfollowed, I guess everybody, which I I don't know who monitors that shit. But uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> he, unfollowed, he unfollowed everybody. Say he demands a trade, and Milwaukee is like, oh shit, we got to re- we got to restart. Man, look, I would pick up the phone. You gotta pick up the phone, man. I'll be no, like, no, no, no. "Hey, I want the third pick." No, 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 right. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it the other way. Go get Chris Middleton. That works, but you now I, I'll say this. I'll say this. That works, but that would be disappointing, and I'm gonna tell you why. There's nothing against Chris Middleton. Nothing against him. At some point, y'all, and y'all know we're we're realistic about this thing. We know the process. Okay, we know how this thing works. At some point, though, the Hornets, with this abundance of cap room, have to at least attempt to make some type of real splash, okay? I mean, a real one. And I don't know if they're – they're probably not at that point yet. We probably don't have the requisite pieces to attract somebody like that yet. But at some point, you got to just try, man. Let me give you one example. Let me give you one example, Rodney. When the Houston Rockets acquired James Harden, that was not a good team. Okay, they they said, "Look, we got money. You want to come or you don't. You want to believe in what we can build or you don't want to." 
as simple as that, man. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you something. I, I look, I'm just putting this out there. This is off record. Whatever, it's on the record. I don't give a shit. I, I'm not gonna tell the sources, but somebody said that the Hornets were but basically were offered the that second pitch pick. What was Michael Kidd Gilchrist for, for, James, for James Harden? Harden. Yeah, they, James Harden right. said, "Hell no, I'm not coming to Charlotte." But that's the Bobcats. Yeah, I, who expected <laughs> no, that? I'm, dude? I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, man. Like Houston, like 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 with Houston, Houston is a whole different thing. Like Houston is a different market, bro. I know that. Houston has championship pedigree, and Houston is Houston, man. Like, well, I, I, it, it you've got Charlotte's going to have to find that free agent that says that I can take that team a friend and, and make that better, right? And make them a contender, which is we, hard to do in today's NBA. That's you got to draft them. You got to draft them. We're all thinking Giannis, if he leaves, he's going to want to go to a team that's already contending for a championship. Miami, because, Toronto, because Milwaukee. This remains to be seen, but I don't think they're they're the Hornets. If you remove Giannis from the equation, they're us. Uh, uh, seventh to ninth seed with some talent, um, you know, yeah. one really really good player in Chris Middleton and, and a bunch of solid pieces. But I don't know if that we don't know if that's the case with Giannis or not because yeah. you know he's he's never been anywhere Look, like Milwaukee. I, I think we all can agree on this point. Our fortunes will change once we once we we got to stop hitting singles and doubles with these draft picks, and we got to start hitting some triples and home runs. Once we do that, we'll we can really talk about attracting some well, big time this, talent uh, here, man. Mitch Kupcher, and this is getting underlooked with all the talk about you know who we should pick with number three. Mitch's last two drafts are underrated, really yeah. underrated. To pick I agree. Where he picked and to get the talent that we got, and we can debate. Miles Bridges versus Michael Porter in Shy Gilgis Alexander. We can really debate that all day, but even just in a vacuum, Miles Bridges can ball. He's not a bad. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a bad pick. He wasn't a bad pick. 12, what number twelve, number thirteen pick? Yeah, pretty good pick. yeah. So uh, I'm happy with what Mitch has built from our draft so far because it's much harder to pick. I, you know, I can't give GMs any. Cre- I'm not ever gonna give Cleveland's GM any credit. For picking LeBron James, you pick no, because that, that's that's not that's not yeah. anything to think about, I'm right? Or Kyrie, or Kyrie, right? Anthony Bennett instead, you know that, <laughs> you know what right? I'm right. So, um, the picks that GMs make in you know outside the lottery, to me, those that's really where Mitch is going to show his value. Um, it and it's where he picks third. I think the Hornets will be okay with whoever they pick. You know, we're going to get Wiseman or Ball. Or Edwards, you're gonna get one of those three, and I think we'll be fine with whoever, which whoever uh, those three we pick. I don't think they'll be the the picks that take us over the top, though. No, right. I, next, I, year. I, next year, I I agree, <laughs> guys. I, I got one more thing to say about the NBA in general, the NBA bubble, and you know, 2020 has been a really crappy year, and I think it's gonna get crappier on from my viewpoint, and I'm gonna tell you why it's gonna get crappier. I know why. I would like to congratulate the Charlotte Mecklenburg bandwagon Lakers fans in advance because y'all are gonna they're gonna, they're gonna win. win the championship. Yeah. They're gonna they're, win. They're, they're, they're winning. They're winning. And, I, and I'm going and I'm the, the 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 main reason I say that the Los no let me take that back. Doc Rivers and the Los Angeles Clippers are frauds, 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 frauds. I don't care if they win Tuesday night. I don't even care if they win the series. Frauds. Los Angeles Lakers fans, whether you're real or fake, congratulations. I don't see anybody beating them. 
that's my final take for the NBA bubble. So I'm ready to move on. We all are. <laughs> Actually, that's uh, we're we're at an hour. Go I, I got to drink. Now it's drinking time. It's drinking after, time. After what happened from one PM to four PM. It's drinking time. Yes, sir. Right, shout out to shout at before we go. I'll let you go first, Rodney. Uh, I'm gonna shout out uh versus tonight. I'm gonna watch uh Auntie Patty and Auntie Gladys uh, <laughs> duel it out. I'm about to cook me some pork chops and some mac and cheese and some some green beans, and we, I'm about to eat good tonight. Um, let me. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna shout at Rodney Kaiser. You know why I'm gonna shout at Rodney? <laughs> if I see one more damn picture with all this good stuff on the grill, and me and you don't get no invite, I like. Yeah. What's up with that, man? Bro, I know we're in a pandemic. I know we're in a pandemic, man. COVID time. But but, but can, can we do a drive-by pickup plate, man? Like, is that? Nope. See no, how no. you do, man. But anyway, I do have another shout. I do have another real shout at. I want to shout at the absolutely ridiculous, racist Toronto fans for what you all are saying about Pascal Siakam. That is completely unacceptable, man. I, I don't even – look, if you don't know what these fans no, are saying about him, say just go look it up because I don't even want to repeat it. It's so terrible, man. I, it's 2020 and we're still dealing with this stuff. I'll just leave it at that, man. Shout at – the Kansas City Chiefs fans. I, I, I'll just leave it at that as well. Um, shout out. Uh, shout out to everybody who's continuing to support on, on the construction, man. For sure. Uh, I'm going to give a real quick shout out to. So I woke up far too early this morning to watch uh, the Tuscan Grand Prix. Uh, you guys know I'm an F1 fan. And Lewis Hamilton won again. Again. Yes, sir. Again. Got up, got up, got up on the, the podium, cornrows and everything. And normally, when you got your racing suit on, but he had a T-shirt on that said "Arrest the police that killed Brianna Taylor." Brianna Taylor, yes, sir. And, uh, yes. You know, it's 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 good to see him and uh, Naomi Osaka, who won the U.S. Yeah. Open. They they both made similar statements about how the sports that they play in are international. F1 is an international sport. In fact, they will not be racing in North America this year due to COVID-19 concerns. Um, and they both said something to the effect of internationally, people are not aware of what's what's really going, really going on here in the United States. Yep. They, they're just not aware. So we want to bring awareness to international fans who may or may not care, but that just goes to show that these people are international stars and they're like, I don't care what these fans internationally think of me. I want to bring awareness to, I mean, Lewis Hamilton ain't even from the United States. He's from, mm. <laughs> he's from the UK. And oh, wow. he's like, he's like, look what's happening to black people in America. Uh, so shout out uh, to those guys for, you know, helping to bring awareness, which is, which is what we, all we can really ask a professional athletes to do. And it's up for us to do the heavy, heavy lifting. No doubt, man. I think here on the ground level. So once again, Ooh. thank you everyone to our fans who continue to support us. Uh, we love you guys. Good show today, fellas. Yeah, hopefully we won't be too drunk after Tampa Bay smashes. <laughs> I'm gonna start drinking like I probably gonna start drinking at twelve thirty or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> y'all take care of each other and yourselves. Peace out, y'all. Stop the violence. <laughs>